There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. All right, guys, on today's episode of Barely Filtered, we have on New York Times bestseller, Sex Talks, the five conversations that will transform your love life, Sexpert couple and Pillow Talks podcast host, Vanessa and Xander Marin. Sex Talks has been named the five books that will help create the love life of your wildest dreams through education and communication tools. Together, Vanessa and Xander show you that the best thing you can do for your sex life doesn't even involve taking off your clothes. And you know Aurora and I are not shy when it comes to talking sex. And today we're going to ask all of the questions. So Vanessa and Xander, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. We're very excited yeah, to be here. You guys oh, came thanks. all the way from Santa Barbara, which I appreciate. So thank you. Yeah. You're very welcome. You came all the way from San Diego. I so. know. And we all met here in <laughs> shitty committed. LA. <laughs> we are committed to good sex, people. I was just, we were talking a little bit before we went on air just about how these two, so they're married. And you guys have been married for a while, right? 15 years or something? Yeah, we're coming up on 16 at the end of this oh year. Wow. And you work together and you drove here together, I'm assuming. <laughs> and you do all the things together. And you have a, a healthy sex life. I mean, a great sex life I would imagine it sounds like what is like the number I know it's hard to probably put it into the number one thing but okay give me just like a few things off the top of your head that have been able to keep things spicy for you guys honestly communication is a big one and that's why we wrote this book when we started working together we started talking about sex a whole lot more Mm because that's our business and we were noticing in our own relationship like wow, this is feeling really exciting. It's spicy. It's feeling this, creating a sense of anticipation for us. So talking about sex has been so beneficial in our own relationship. We're like, we have to write a book about this because yeah. this is really powerful. Because kind of, I think people assume the opposite where mm-hmm. like if you're discussing it openly, then it kind of takes away the the mysticism, the, yeah. you know, something well, magical why, about it. Why are people scared to talk about sex? Well, I think a lot of people think that if you need to talk about it, it means there's a problem. And people are like, oh, okay, well, if we need to talk about it, then what? We have to go to couples therapy. We have to talk about it. It must be wrong. But it's like, you can talk about stuff preemptively. I mean, mm. that was the struggle I think that we used to have was before we started working together, I was scared to talk about sex. I knew Vanessa was in training to be a sex therapist. She was studying. She was getting licensed. She was opening a psychotherapy practice. And I was like, it's great to talk about sex in general, but the idea of like bringing it back to us and what we do, that felt like, ooh, that's, that's a little scary. And our sex life wasn't amazing then. And it wasn't until we actually started getting curious about ourselves and talking about our relationship with sex together, it started getting way better. And what do you think makes amazing sex? Because I have this, I think I have amazing sex. I do have amazing sex and I call it the magic. It's, or does not believe me. I only have great (laughs) sex. I believe in quality over quantity. I would rather have sex once a week than every day because I know I'm connected and I borderline blackout because it's magical. It's souls connecting. It's not transactional. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what makes sex great personally. Hmm. So what makes amazing sex? This is such a fascinating question because we all want this, right? Like if you just ask a random person, do you want to have a great sex life? They're going to say, of course. But so few of us have actually taken the time to identify what does that mean Mm -hmm. to us? We're all shooting for this goal, but we don't know what the heck that actually means. And what great sex means for you might be totally different for me, might be totally different Mm -hmm. from Aurora. So that's a great little homework assignment that anyone listening to this episode can do is just take a a little bit of time after listening to ask yourself, like, what does great sex sex actually mean to me? Think back to past examples of amazing sex you've had, like get specific. What was it about that? Was it a certain energy that you showed up with? Was it a way your partner interacted with you? Was it the specific things that you guys did together or the location or the environment around it? So really trying to get clear on like, what does that mean for you individually? Yeah. I mean, like you just described what that experience was like Mm -hmm. for you. And I know for us, for us, it's more of like 
having that playful vibe, having a playful mm -hmm. energy. And, and so it's like, if we are on, you know, good terms, we're having fun together, we're in a good place, then we bring that playful energy into the bedroom and we both have a great time. Like that's just, that's for us, that works. But yeah. for a lot of people, people might say, hey, I don't really want to be playful. Like I want sex to be more sensual mm -hmm. or more serious or, you know, more meditative or whatever yeah. it is. So it's more about figuring out what it is for you and your partner. Well, and on that topic too, I think... It's hard when you and your partner might be in different stages of life, like especially when you throw kids into the mix. You guys don't mm -hmm. have kids, do you? We don't. Okay. All right. You heard it here, folks. They have great sex life, but they don't have kids. <laughs> I'm not going to make any claims here. But, like, let's say I'm looking for something more sensual in this moment and he wants something more playful. Like, how do you get on the same page? Because it's true, like, good sex does not always look the same. I've had mm -hmm. great sex that was very different mm -hmm. each time, you know? Yeah. So how are you how are you getting on the same page and, and like who's giving up what they want in order to make the other person happy? Well, this is where the lack of communication can create yeah. such an issue. So if you're going into it thinking I'm really in the mood for it to be fun and playful and your partner comes at you with the serious seductive <laughs> mood, you're like, oh, this feels kind of weird. And if you don't talk about it, it's going to create that awkward tension of like, we are not on the same page yeah. here at all. And in that case, like only one person can get what they want. Yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't compromise without any yeah. communication. But yeah. if you're talking about sex like openly throughout the day, maybe it's something like, you know, oh, I'm looking forward to like connecting with you later. Mm. I'm feeling really spicy or I'm feeling very playful today or something like that. Then your partner has a heads up and likely like in the example that you gave, it's probably not that your partner's like, I only ever want to have serious sex. I'll never have playful sex. <laughs> yeah. But if they, they don't know what you want, that might be the vibe they're going for. And so if they're hearing you say, oh, I'm feeling really spicy and playful and fun, or I was thinking about this memory that the two of us had of yeah. a another really playful time, then they're like, oh, okay, like I can get on that. I can get on board with so that. So on that note, what's the best form of communication? I, it sounds like a lot of people are really scared to talk about it, even with Absolutely. their husband or wife, mm -hmm. you know, that mm -hmm. you're married to and live with, and they're still scared. What's a good way to go about opening this door of communication about sex if they are scared? So this is the whole idea behind our book. Like everybody's heard the idea. Talk about it. Right. You hear that all the time. Like, just talk about it. But the advice always ends there mm -hmm, and you're mm -hmm. left like, OK, how? but like, how? It's like yeah. I use emojis. I yeah. use like five of them. And that's my communication yeah. style. For yeah. sex. Exactly. <laughs> like, what do I what do I say? When do I say it? How do I bring it up? What if I'm worried that I'm going to hurt my partner's feelings mm -hmm. or it's going to turn into a fight? So we wanted to take this idea and really make it super practical. We're very practical. People. Are these are like, five tools, right? Yeah. yeah five let's, conversations. Let's hear about that. So we wanted to boil it down to five specific conversations. And we really believe, like, regardless of the situation a couple is in, if you are you have a great sex life and you just want to make it even better or you're struggling and you're wanting to rediscover that spark like these five conversations are going to be really beneficial to you and we put them in a specific order too because we knew people are nervous mm -hmm. they don't like i'm not sure i feel they awkward i'm embarrassed yeah. like i want it but ugh, i don't know so we wanted to make sure that we picked like a really easy starting point because like what xander was saying a little while ago a lot of people we wait until there's some sort of problem or issue and then we bring it up and then it is awkward and uncomfortable mm -hmm. and a fight and we're like oh god i should never talk about mm -hmm. that again that didn't go well and a lot of people have had that experience in the oh, past yeah. and maybe a relationship even ends because mm -hmm. You know, you don't talk, you don't talk, late. and then it boils over and you do talk and it's like, oh, my God, we have irreconcilable differences. Or someone's and that's it. Yeah. already checked out. Yeah. It's yeah, too late. Yeah. Absolutely. So the first conversation that we start with is something that we want it to be very easy and doable, regardless of how embarrassed somebody is feeling. And so we call that one acknowledgement, a.k.a. sex is a thing and we have it. Mm -hmm. So this is literally just getting comfortable with talking about sex out loud. You're not trying to solve any problems. You're not giving any criticism or critiques. You're not even making any requests. You're literally just starting to talk. So a very practical exercise that people can do today after listening to this is take a little bit of time to think about one of your favorite sexual memories with your partner. And then at some point today, share that with them. So you can do it in person. It can be literally as simple as like, you know what I was thinking about today? This memory just randomly popped into my head of that trip that we went to in Mexico and that day that we spent the whole day in the bed. Oh, tell me more. You know, <laughs> just, you know, just a He's fun like, little that memory. Was in Fiji yeah. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> so just say that, nothing else, no more than that. And if you are feeling shy even from that, you can even just text that to your partner. Like this popped into my head or I had a dream about this last night. So what you're doing, even in this very simple conversation, is you're just starting to lay the groundwork 
work and create this foundation of sex is something safe and fun and exciting that we can talk about. We can just talk about good memories and fun times that we've had together. We don't have to go into all the heavy and complicated stuff immediately. Why do I hear my ex coming back being like, yeah, we never have sex like that anymore. That used to be what we, you know, like I feel like when you get to a certain point in a mm-hmm. relationship and then like sex just become I, I was listening to your five tips on how best ways to initiate sex and I feel like in my past relationships with guys like they don't know how to initiate it and then it just is like too like they come in the kitchen and like put their finger up your ass or something and it's like this is not how I want to be <laughs> like, you know I call it we call it in our marriage planting seeds planting so, seeds. I like Plant it. Seeds. Yeah. so like I'll be yeah in the kitchen and like grab his ass or you know he'll like come up to me and kiss my neck like, and it's like a oh. dildo on the counter yeah. or something <laughs> this is, this is a very, yeah. very, very humble <laughs> hint but almost like little hints and then like uh-huh. either he'll pick up and like okay I'll start planting seeds back or I'll be like oh my stomach hurts you know like it's not happening mm-hmm. tonight yeah. and um, that's what makes sex feel so exciting is yeah. if there's like this build, build up, up to yes. it and I think especially for a lot of us women like we want to feel that yeah. excitement that slow build that right. flirting it's back and forth yeah. And we were talking about that with Dr. Jolene Brighton, which was an amazing episode. Please listen if you haven't. But she talks about how women need that buildup. They need to feel that connection. A lot of the times, maybe sometimes they just want to uh-huh. get fucked, but sometimes they <laughs> want that connection yeah. and build For up. For sure. And I feel like when you've gone so long not getting that, and then there's this dynamic of resentment between mm-hmm. the partners, like how do you suggest getting past that? Because it sounds like just opening a dialogue, like, I don't know. I feel like. So it sounds like you're saying start these conversations early on before it's too late. Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely start yeah. them early on. Yeah. I mean, even if you're single, you can read this book and just start to get a heads up of like, oh, OK, I want to get comfortable talking about these things. We can start gradually, you know, introducing these conversations. But even if you are in a tough place, which let's be honest, like most couples are yeah. like yeah. most couples do feel like they're in really stuck and tricky places in their sex lives. Like it is still possible to start back over at the beginning. So if your partner comes at you with like, yeah, we haven't had sex like that in a while, yeah. you can just say something simple like you know i'd love for us to get back to that place yeah i really would i yeah. love you that. know yeah we call that actually the the fresh start conversation that's sort of a a sub part of the first conversation if you're in a place where one or both of you has been super awkward about talking about sex or super resistant to talking about sex or sex has been an issue in the past that you've butted heads over and as a result you've kind of tried to not touch that topic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is you can initiate a conversation of hey I know this has been a challenge for us in the Mm -hmm. past you know it's been a challenge for me I've had my own hang-ups about it acknowledging what's been going on for you and say you know I'm wanting to show up differently now Mm -hmm. and you know I'm not trying to litigate the entire past like I you know my intention with sharing this positive memory is around just this becoming a more normal Normal topic of conversation yeah. again and working our way back to, you know, this place that we were in or mm-hmm. working ourselves up to, a, you know, a new place that we want to get to. Yeah, I, I love yeah. it. Everyone, please listen to exactly what Xander just said, because <laughs> I think you did a great job. And I'm sure you guys talk about this. That was a very non-combative way to talk about it. Instead mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. it's your fault that we don't have sex anymore. It's your work. Oh, yeah. You're like it's escalating. Like, yeah. And then right it's just a, a pointing fingers game. And no one wants to go have sex and like have that connection after they, you just kind of no. shit on your partner. Well, that was my yeah, exact thought because his whole shtick is that you're the expert and you're just a regular dude. I'm going to call <laughs> bullshit on that right now because I ain't heard no regular dude ever like me. You He's know. been married to a therapist yeah. for yeah. almost 16 years. He's picked up some tricks. That is regular dude with experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With emotional intelligence. Yeah, because listen how to him, you, dude. How you just <laughs> said that, I think, was so non-combative. And it, you need to make—it's already scary for you to put yourself out there and say, this is kind of where I'm feeling. This is where mm-hmm. I'd like to get to. But you have to do that in that non-combative way. So no one puts their their walls up. No one wants to have yeah, sex with you yeah. if you're just pointing the finger at them. Exactly. So that was a great way And we have not always been good at this. I mean, literally the first page of the book opens up with us in couples therapy because we wow. were in such a tough place in our relationship. Sexually or just overall? Overall and sexually. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were sex just... Sex is a big part of your relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we have learned so many of our communication techniques by doing the exact opposite thing. Like we learned the hard way. So we're like, okay, don't... Don't do it the way we yeah. did it. But you can come back from it. Yeah, you absolutely can. And, you know, as a therapist, like I've tested all of these communication tools with clients. We've tested them like with our community. And so we know all of the ways that they can go wrong. So mm-hmm. that's a part of the book, too. Like if your partner says this, yeah. then you go here. If they say this, go over here. Oh, so it's kind of like that. a, a choose your own adventure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously. Yeah. So, OK, so now that 
you've done step one, you've you know kind of opened the door and started to normalize like this is something we do or mm-hmm. I want to get back to or I would like to try again. Like what's another what's that next step? The next step is connection. What do we need to feel connected to each Mm. other? And so this one's all about the emotional intimacy. So yes, it's a book about sex, but emotional intimacy is a huge part of it too. I think we all have this tendency to think of like sex as it's just something that happens in the bedroom at the end of the night with the doors closed and the lights off. Like scratching the physical (laughs) But the connection that we feel or don't feel with each other throughout the day is really going to impact like how we show up in the bedroom. So most couples in long-term relationships tell us we feel like we are roommates rather than romantic partners. It feels like, you know, I'm crawling into bed at the end of the night and there's a stranger crawling in next to me and I don't want to have sex with a stranger. You know, I feel so much disconnection. So this chapter is all about how do we create more of that connection, which is something that all couples want more of anyways. Yeah. And too. I think like, this is yeah, a common um, struggle a lot of couples deal with, especially the ones that live together, is I feel like I have a roommate. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? exactly. And I think people think that like, oh, well, our problems are so different than their problems. And mm-hmm. they don't, you know, like there's no way that these simple tips could help our connection. But I think maybe just getting into a place of like, Willing to believe that there are things you can do to forge forge more of a connection is, yeah. is a good first step, right? Yeah. So if you feel like your husband's your roommate at this point, what do you do to bring back that emotional connection? I'll give you the best science-backed tip okay. <laughs> to express gratitude. So oh. we've all heard gratitude and it kind of feels like a lot of us kind of yeah. roll our eyes like, yeah, okay, let me get my gratitude journal yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drink more water yeah, and be more gracious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but research has actually shown that gratitude is the number one predictor of marital success. Like, it's that important. Wow. I, I believe that. And the crazy thing about gratitude is it's free, it takes hardly any effort, and it takes hardly any time. Mm-hmm. So just making that conscious effort to call your partner out for things that you appreciate about them as a person, about what they're mm-hmm doing and it's it's like a gift that you give to both partners like they get to feel good about myself like oh you know she saw what I did today like she appreciates it I get to feel good about myself because I'm taking the time to like look for positive things yeah. about him and our relationship we used like to call it catch catching somebody do something good in the classroom yes. when I was a teacher and like you'd always yes. want to like instead of catching somebody doing something wrong like catch them do something good and it changes the exactly. whole day and it could be as simple as thank you for unloading the dishwasher Ex- that's something my yeah. classic Small. example yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is very big in I my know. book <laughs> I love it but yeah I think our brains are just so trained to look for the negative things in relationship and all the or things the that annoy things. us you know like mm-hmm. oh he left the trash yet again he left the seat on the toilet up yet again so it takes this effort for us to notice the positive things but then it's a good reminder of like yeah he annoys me sometimes but like he also does a lot of amazing things yeah. and is an amazing person and if I take that effort to, to look at you smiling he's like who doesn't like to feel like not, I don't want to say praise but just acknowledge seen, seen. that's mm-hmm. what every human wants is to feel connected and to feel appreciated and like you said gratitude and expressing gratitude as small as like Thanks for taking the trash out. Like that goes such a long way. It really, you feel does. seen. Like thank you, thank mm-hmm. you for saying thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy, especially as you get further and further into a long-term relationship, to forget that, or to not to forget, but to just take for granted the yeah. fact that, like, oh, my partner does this, I do this. These are my tasks. These are theirs. Like it's like a job, and there's nothing to appreciate, or we just take it for granted. Yeah, and the reality is. Everything about a relationship is optional. Like we we are not legally bound yeah. to be in that relationship, and so we you know we can still be thankful for the things that our partner does, even if they do them all the time. It's their chore or you know whatever yeah. it is. It, there, mm-hmm. There's no reason why you can't do that. Yeah, I kind of love that because I just got out of a, a marriage. I'm I'm recently divorced, and on the last day I was living in the house, Mikey, my ex brought me a cup of coffee in bed that morning. And it was something Mm. he would do every morning when we were together. Mm. And like, I never, you know, it's like something I became accustomed to. I was like, I just get my coffee in bed every morning. That's like the kind of person I am. And then when he did it on last day, I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then he like wished me the best. And we like, then we like fought later probably. But (laughs) like, I just feel like, you know, I didn't really appreciate that when we were together. It's like, do I wish we were stayed together? No, there was plenty of other things, but like just the things like that that you don't. Yeah. So that was kind of a 
nice ending to my marriage. (laughs) (laughs) But they obviously there's tools for keeping it together. I have a question about like I just I was listening to your podcast on the way over here and I was just dying laughing like just it was the episode of like what men really think about like vulvas and like pubic Uh, hair uh and and all that. And I'm just going to jump right into it. But like, okay. Butt stuff, like, can we just talk about butt stuff for yes. a minute? Like, okay, I'm sorry really for that. Curious. I'm, I'm curious too because I just, I'm a big firm believer. We always say you can over, never over communicate. That's like a theme in our marriage, mm-hmm. and it works for us. So I actually just did a check in. So we do check ins, and I'll, we were just in Mexico, and I was like, I'm just I'm checking in, like, and I was asking him, like, do you ever feel the need to do? But stuff like yeah. I feel like guys are fascinated with it more than females. Well, and I don't know whether to take it seriously. Yeah, like he makes jokes <laughs> about <laughs> putting a finger up my ass. And I'm like, well, do you really want that? So I was checking in. Uh huh. So yeah, what? what's so, the fascination do, with do, butt stuff? Do, do, uh-huh. just, do we need to be doing butt stuff in our in our sex lives in order to keep our men off OnlyFans? Or like, <laughs> is that? What is that? <laughs> you do not need to do anything. We're really big on like, you know, nothing is, some, you know, nothing is going to work for every single couple. But we do think butt stuff is something that like a lot of people are very curious about. We've polled our community before and 67% of people said that they are curious about butt stuff. Oh, and our community is vast majority women, like yeah. 90%. Really? Plus women. Yeah. So, so a lot of women message and they're like, I am curious, but it feels like this taboo thing. It it's kind of naughty. Boring. I'm not like allowed to want it. But the curious curiosity is there which is very interesting and is it for the girl's butt or the guy's butt and does the guy feel gay if you're doing it with a guy butt well it can absolutely be either way i think there a lot of men do have a hang-up around like anything anything up touching my butt somehow I mean, makes you've been me socialized. gay yeah. Yeah. You know, we've been that. socialized to believe that however the way i like to try to challenge men and say okay well if the logic is gay men like you know, their butt being touched or, or, you know, fucked or whatever it is. And somehow that makes me gay. Well, gay men also love blowjobs. Yeah. Like yes. they, they really like blowjobs. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. what, what gay man doesn't like a blowjob, right? But, yeah. huh, uh-oh, like yeah. straight men sure love blowjobs too. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we need to take away blowjobs. <laughs> yeah, maybe probably, probably hand jobs too. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. God, like gay men Nothing. might like kissing as yeah. well. So, shoot, I guess we should just be celibate. Okay, yeah. so honestly, like my biggest fear is... Because I feel like guys at the end of the day generally like are kind of gross humans. My biggest fear of like anal is like I'm going to poop. And I feel like that's every girl's fear. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, guys, like, I just feel like they don't care what your butt looks like. They're like, there's a hole. Like, I'm going to put my dick in <laughs> it. Dude, there's poop in there. Like, poop's not hot. I just, no. Is poop hot? Maybe I feel like that's hot. every girl's fear. And it, I don't know. But yeah. guys like it. I don't know. I mean, there are some simple tips. We do have a butt stuff guide. Yeah. <laughs> there are some simple tips <laughs> How that you can do to, butt stuff? to do it in a way that's going to be more hygienic. Obviously, any kind of sex comes with its risks. And sex is not like a clean act. Yeah. There's always, you know, there's body parts and fluids and all yeah. kinds of stuff involved. And that's fine. And we need to normalize it. But I think the important thing to recognize with butt stuff is that, yes, poop does slide through your rectum when you are pooping, but it doesn't hang out there. Like, it's not like you're putting your finger into it's somebody's like butthole and it's like you're going straight into the poop. <laughs> okay. like it's a canal that it passes okay. through okay, okay. on its way out. Got it. So you might come into contact with like slight traces okay. of it, but in the most, like in most cases, not at all. It's, and it's not there. You're okay. not like putting that a finger straight up. That makes me feel better. I'm oh. so scared. I'm just going to poop Yeah. Sometimes a little anatomy lesson yeah, helps out. That, does, that <laughs> is reassuring. But also I heard with the man, like <laughs> so there's like, so like, if you ever get a blowjob with your finger in your ass, like you haven't had an orgasm. Apparently, uh-huh. there's another G oh, yeah. spot or something in there. the man's butt. So, yeah, right? As I yeah. see your yeah. nail, and yeah, I'm like, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I was like, don't do you that. Got, you yeah. gotta take those nails I off just first. Told them in our butt stuff conversation, I go, I have nails. Like, what do I do with these? Yes, yeah. There is there is the prostate, which has an added element of pleasure. For men, yeah, I would highly recommend the, the finger <laughs> in the butt of the blowjob, especially also, if you want to really uh, hasten the orgasm. Process. Yeah, and intensify. Oh. Yes. But also, the other thing about butt stuff is you don't have to have any penetration involved to make it pleasurable. Yeah, so you just, like, just hang oh. in there. The majority of the nerve endings are right around the outside, so you could just touch it, a little boop, you know, oh, just a little wow. pressure, just a little, just, just a little boop, boop. <laughs> just a little boop on the poop, not the edge, a little boop on the poop. Okay. No. <laughs> oh my god, I love that we went straight to butt. 
that stuff. I know. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, after, after that burning well, after we established the emotional connection, we normalized talking about sex. We have talked about great memories. We're talking about, you know, you, you connecting mm-hmm. again emotionally. What is step three? desire what do we need to feel excited about Mm. being with each other so this one is all about understanding like how do our sex drives actually work and actually a lot of what we were talking about earlier about that anticipation Mm -hmm. that build up like are you somebody who likes that planting the seeds yeah exactly we also talk about like our initiation styles like specific ways that we each like to be initiated with so this is all about understanding like in those moments leading up to what do we need to feel excitement about being together and I'm a firm believer of like, I, we're not mind readers, like, especially women, we like to guess things and be mm-hmm. passive, but especially men, if you just ask them, usually they'll tell you like yeah. they're very cut and dry binary, mm-hmm. like, like animals. So I, what if you don't know what you want? I don't know. No, that's a very common thing. So in the book, like all throughout the book, we are giving tons of like examples and models. So like our initiation styles model, we came up with five or six different models of like ways that we like to be initiated with. So there's always like examples. So you get to pick like, oh, yeah, that one sounds like the most like me versus like, oh, no, no, I think I like this one a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So it gives you something to start with. What would be a form of like an example of an initiation style? So one of them that we use pretty often, we're both like, We call it the play with me type where it's a very playful kind of initiation. So we make a lot of inside jokes and like use humor a lot. Sometimes we'll make a bet on something and like the winner gets a sexual favor. So it's like this very Mm. playful element. Yeah. And that reminds me too. Sorry to interrupt. That reminds me of the beginning of a relationship where you're like sometimes I get so excited. I'll be like, I'm so excited for vacation. I can't wait to flirt with you. Yeah. Like flirting we forget because you especially as you get deeper into a marriage, like you get that roommate thing. Like, okay, did you take the trash out? Did you do this? Mm -hmm. Did you do that? You forget to flirt like you would in the beginning when you're dating and being like this cute little girl he's this big guy like yeah flirtation is it's so important yeah yeah and we start like feeling awkward about it like "Mm, I'm not supposed to like have to flirt with him I'm like why not it's so fun it like creates that energy so that one is a good contrast to there's another type called take care of me and that type is somebody who likes their their partner to participate in like household stuff so there actually are lots of people who are like if my partner says I'm unloading the dishwasher I'm gonna put the kids to bed you You go take a bath I got you babe like that is a serious turn on for a lot of people yeah that's me I was gonna say that's your love language yeah. <laughs> right. So it's all about like understanding, you know, so if, if somebody maybe tried to approach you in the more playful way or one of the more like, you know, uh, intense ways, you might be like, mm, you know, that's not quite like my you're vibe. You're trying to trick it, me right yeah. now. Yeah. 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 And, and I think one of the problems is we often see initiation portrayed in, you know, a more narrow set of ways, maybe on TV or in the movies or maybe, you know, in our last relationship, we kind of happened upon a way that worked for, you know, the partner that we used to be with. And it's so easy to go into our next relationship being like, oh, I've I've got it figured out. Or like, this is how they do it on TV. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's this more like serious, passionate type of thing. And then you get with somebody new and it's like, oh no, that's not how they work. Like it might be how one in five people work, mm-hmm. but it's not how four out of, you know, mm-hmm. the four out of the other five people. So is it similar work. to understanding your love language? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everyone has a different that. love language. And yep. as your partner, you need to understand like mine might be different than yours, but exactly. I need to, I don't accommodate is maybe a, a wrong word, but I need to work with yours. And, and yeah, I think the thing is like, good. if you know, like if you know your husband's type and you're like, that's what works for him, that's what makes him feel good. You're going to feel more excited. 100%. About it. And it's also, you have some information. Like for so many of us, initiation feels like a shot in the dark. Like, and that's why we end up doing it in these really like not that very sexy ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we like want to do it. We just did a whole bunch you of horny. reels on our Instagram of like <laughs> yeah. all these, be- like the humper, you know, or like the boob honker. Yeah. So most people are like doing it in these <laughs> the ways that we, yeah. Yeah. we like really hate. And I always say like initiation, it's supposed to feel like an <laughs> invitation. Yeah. Ooh, I like you know, that. like you're inviting your partner to be intimate with you. You can even think about it. Like imagine how you guys might invite each other to have like a girl's night out together. Like you're not going to call each other up and be like, it's been a while. Yeah, should we should we do it? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, you're gonna make it feel exciting, like an invitation. Like yeah. I'm excited to see you. I wanna spend time with you. Let's hang out. Like initiation in sex, like in relationships should have that same sort of vibe. I should feel excited about wanting to say yes. To and my if, partner. if there is a situation if you're 
you're feeling fat, you're feeling gassy, you're feeling <laughs> whatever. And you, your poor husband is putting out the sweet invitation and you d- would like to politely decline. Mm-hmm. What's a, a nice way to do it without hurting a man's <laughs> yeah. ego? This is a really important part of the equation that most people like don't realize. We feel so uncomfortable saying no that we usually end up doing it very awkwardly or abruptly and it makes our partner feel like, oh God, I shouldn't even have initiated. Mm-hmm. So we walk through this in the book as well, like how to turn your partner down in a way that actually increases intimacy. So one quick tip that I have is to give your partner a specific reason why you're not open to being intimate. And to be clear, you are allowed to say no to sex whenever you want, for whatever reason, for no reason. It's totally fine. But give them a reason because that really helps soften the blow. The key with that, though, is to tie it back to how you want to show up during sex. So if your husband initiates and you're like, I just feel bloated, like, to him, that just sounds like an ex- yeah. kind of an excuse or, yeah. or like, oh, a generic, okay, like a generic, generic response. Yeah. Like, oh, I have, mm. not tonight, honey, I have a headache type yeah. of thing. But if you were to say, you know what, babe, I'm feeling really bloated tonight and I am just not going to be able to show up with you and create the magic mm-hmm. like we usually do. That's what I say. And like, yeah, I never like, want to have sex just to have sex. I want it to be amazing. And if it's not going to be amazing, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And yeah. so if you're able to share with him, like how I show up with you mm-hmm. is important to me. Yes. And the quality of the sex that we have is important to me. Yeah. And yeah. the so quality that, you're going to get is important to me. Yes. And I know I'm yeah. not going to be able to give that. So if you can share that, which is like just an extra one or two sentences, that's going to make him feel like it's not important. My fault and cared for yeah. and like, oh, she really prioritizes it. She's really thinking about this. And then the the bonus that you can do at the end of that, if, if you're feeling up for it, is you can pivot into some other kind of emotionally connecting thing. So, hey, I'm not up for sex, but... I would be up for just cuddling on the couch and yeah. watching this TV show. Because so many of us, you know, we feel awkward around it. We don't know how to do what Vanessa just said. And so we just say no, and it feels, we feel disconnected. We feel uncomfortable. And so we tend to go our separate ways. And it feels like, oh, God, like I did something wrong by yeah. initiating. And now, like, we're both being punished. But instead, you can, you know, you tie it back to how you can't show up the way you want to. And you offer something else that you are up for, hopefully something that does feel emotionally connecting, even if it's just like, hey, let's just go around the block for a walk or something mm-hmm. and hold hands. Yeah. And then, you know, you come away feeling like, oh, we're, we are actually connected through yeah. this. It's not like, oh, this is the end of our connection. Tonight. And I think a man's ego especially is so precious. So to feel any type of rejection, that's when not all the times, but maybe they're like, my wife doesn't have sex with me. That's why I go do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, maybe. that's mm-hmm. why I did this. That's why I'm on OnlyFans. Yeah. That's why I watch porn. That's yeah. why I masturbate. That's why. Well, I- well, you had a question yeah. about porn too. Well, hold on. What, oh, yeah. I mean, I think this is something that women really misunderstand about men. Like, we have all these stereotypes that men are horny. They want sex like wherever, whenever, and and to be honest, a lot of the times the ways that they initiate are very annoying and juvenile. <laughs> and so it's really easy to just be like, oh, like you. If you watch those reels that we put up, that's my reaction in all of them. Xander's like acting out all these bad. Initiations and I'm like, oh, the boob gross. honking. Like, I just can't. Yeah. The boob honking. <laughs> and what we don't realize is that the act of initiating is so vulnerable. Like, it, no matter how dumb of an initiation he's doing, like he is feeling so vulnerable, putting himself out there. And what he's really looking for in those moments is like he's wanting to feel close to you. Mm-hmm. He's wanting to feel connected to you. Men feel like they don't have permission to ask for emotional intimacy the way that us women do. Like they're supposed to not have emotions, not express emotions. They're not supposed to be a pussy. And so men feel the only way they feel comfortable like asking for closeness is through sex so we women very often are like oh just got off of me you're being so annoying and we're missing the like the vulnerability and the desire for connection that even though they're doing it unskillfully like that desire is there yeah yeah and for the guys out there it can you know i know it's challenging we've been socialized our whole life to think that our value is in being calm and rational and you know not having all of these emotions but if you can get to the point of understanding oh when we have sex, I do feel emotionally connected to my partner. Mm. Ah, there is emotional connection that I do want with my partner. That can help you with initiation and think, oh, okay, how can I build some emotional connection with my partner in advance of this initiation? Mm -hmm. How can I express to my partner, even if they don't want to have sex right now, that I am looking for some kind of emotional connection? So how can I get that emotional connection, you know, in ways that aren't always sex? I think that can be Mm -hmm. super valuable. Well, I was just telling Kristen too before that, like, I'm on all these dating apps right now and so many men are like, my love language is physical touch. I'm like, yeah, no shit, because you all want to get fucked. And it's like, I don't know, like... 
is it more common for a man's love language to be physical touch or is all yeah. men's love language physical touch? No, it's more common for men. Okay. It's because of that exact same reason that I mentioned. Like men feel like they don't have permission to be more emotional mm-hmm. and like and ask for that connection in the way that women are given permission to. Yeah, I mean, it's for men, it's typically it's sex and sports are the two places yeah. where it's acceptable to show a lot of emotion, yeah. right? Like your, your team wins, your team loses. You can cry. You can be depressed yeah. for a week. It's totally fine and normal. <laughs> and, you know, after sex, you can you be really close. You can say really vulnerable yeah. things and it's totally fine. No one's going to judge you for it or it feels like no one's going to judge yeah. you for it. I have a question about like monogamy and just do you think men or women are more inclined towards monogamy if either one of them is more inclined, like biologically speaking? I mean, some people will say, like, you know, if you really go back to our caveman ancestors, like it, you know, makes more sense for a woman to be monogamous and less sense for a man. I don't really like buy into that that much. And and I do think like we're we love people talking about different relationship structures. Like I don't think monogamy is the thing for everybody. So I'm glad that people are talking more openly about like yeah. how else can we. I saw someone's profile yesterday like not monogamistically or whatever word you use, uh, inclined. Like just, <laughs> and I'm like, and of course I swiped the other way because I'm like, I don't know. For me, I think just my background and a lot of us who grew up in traditional households, it feels weird to hear or to hear stories about any other structure. Like mm-hmm. there's this other guy that I was talking to a little bit too. And he's like, he basically has been involved in like polygamous like relationships. And I'm like, wait, so were you hooking up with a guy? And he's like, well, yeah, like there was a guy there. And like, I don't think I could, I can't get over yeah. it. I can't yeah. get over the fact that you've slept with a man before, but, but like, I don't know. Is that wrong of me? Like I've been attracted to women and I don't think any man's judging me for it. Why is it more acceptable for women to be attracted to women and to watch female porn than like if you watch gay porn and you're a man? There's, I mean, this is another great example <laughs> of the ways that our society like really restricts men. I mean, to, to like take away their ability to have and express emotions, that's wild. Mm-hmm. And then to put all these restrictions around their sexuality, like your entire butt is off limits, yeah. like, yeah. you know, and you're not allowed to like ever be curious about or experiment with because you're gay. And also to be to, like, clear. Appreciate maybe like an attractive feature in another man. Yeah. yeah. And like, to be clear, like we are supportive of whatever orientation and sexuality people have. Same. But I think like, you know, it's just, it's really unfortunate and frustrating and difficult for men that they're not given some of the same permissiveness that we women are. And yeah. there, yeah, there are a lot of women who will see like a bisexual man and think like, oh, you know, I, I feel uncomfortable I dating him that. or that kind of thing. And I think that's really unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And then on the flip side, you have like, okay, men can sleep with, the the more men, the more women men sleep with, that's okay. But then like women mm-hmm. have to have a low yep. count. So oh, yeah, we've like, got our own bullshit we're like, dealing we have, with too. I, I yeah. just have to stick up for the women here <laughs> oh, for a yeah. minute and be like, yeah, we have our own bullshit. Because I mean, yeah, nobody, nobody comes out on top with sex, like all the crap that we have been taught to believe and, yeah. and the ways that we think we're, you know, allowed and not allowed. Like there's just a whole bunch of So that's also why we're so passionate about the books. Like, let's tear down all these crappy beliefs that we've been taught that are getting in the way of us having this joyful, passionate, pleasurable, satisfying sex life. And let's, like, figure out what we actually want and believe. My favorite thing that you guys said, sorry, was just that men like vulvas. They they like everything about them. I was like, We've been fantasizing about them since puberty. Yeah. That that had such a big impact on me when Xander and I first had that conversation because I'm not immune to this stuff. Like I grew up hearing all these messages about like, mm, like female genitals, they're like kind of gross and they're icky and they smell bad. And like, I for sure had that self-consciousness yeah. with guys going down on me of like, oh, does he like it? Yeah. Yeah. Not, like let him do it for too long. Yeah. And like when Xander shared that with me, I was like, what? <laughs> so, like, what did you share? That it doesn't matter. Oh, vagina's a vagina's a vagina. I mean, that if you know, if you are if you are attracted to women, you have likely been fantasizing yeah. about female genitalia since you hit puberty. So, why would you be disgusted by this thing? that you have been wanting. <laughs> yeah. All you have wanted was to have access and to And we get that. so we get so self-conscious. Like I said, like, oh, uh-huh. did I, did I have to shower before and like, mm-hmm. but my husband will go down on me and he, he just always claims, he's like, I'm a dirty dog. Like he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't care. Yeah. They I don't know, care. But, but, I, I don't know where I saw this. There's this like, it's a in a museum somewhere, all different vaginas from like yeah. all over the world, all different nationalities and everything. And, Vaginas look very different, like yes. or vulvas. Vulvas, the, yeah. vulvas, vaginas, the inside. Mm-hmm. Vulvas look very different, like so. Like it, 
it, does a man ever see one? They're like, oh, this isn't Not my what I expected. <laughs> I, I asked you this exact question. <laughs> No. This looks different. I was like, have you ever seen a vulva that you didn't like? And he was like, literally no. So I mean, basically, it all feels the same. Yeah. It all feels the same. Well, that, I wonder if it does. Like, like, does it though? Because like, like, if you've birthed humans, if you haven't, I don't know. Like, is sex still? I, you've never had kids, so I guess we can't ask you guys. But like, what do you have? You guys asked your community: Do men prefer to sleep with women who have never had kids before? Or tighter vagina? Is that's there just a stereotype? Yeah. That, like the the vulva and the vagina are incredibly elastic. Like they can grow and stretch so much, and they go back. Yeah. Obviously, there can be pelvic floor issues. Mm-hmm. So if you're having issues with like incontinence or pain or anything like that, like go see a pelvic floor physical therapist mm-hmm. for sure. But there isn't like it's not like it stays permanently larger than yeah. it was before. It might feel like it. You might be so nervous and anxious about it but it isn't and on the flip side does a bigger penis make for better sex no actually we hear more complaints from women talking about large penises than about small ones oh. so this is an example of yeah something that i think men have a lot of anxiety about yeah. that we women yeah. are like nah, it's not really that big of a deal but yeah if it's too large it can hit your cervix mm-hmm. it can cause pain you might not even be able to get it in all the way yeah, or so limit like, the positions yeah. that work for you oh Absolutely. yeah so like Penis size does matter. Like you are gonna feel, you know, a difference yep, from to a like, point. Yeah, to that. a point. But I think it matters to women way less than men, than men right. think about. And does circumcised yeah. or uncircumcised matter? You usually can't really feel. You any can't difference. feel it. Mm-mm. What about pubic hair or no pubic hair? I mean, I think that's like a personal, personal aesthetic preference. preference. Okay. Yeah, you're not gonna like feel anything different with pubic hair, but having like pubic hair that's like trimmed can be a little bit easier during oral it's like sex. It's a swan. Okay, I want to get back to, to the five points. Okay, sorry, um, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I keep what's, off. what's next? Now we've established the intimacy and next connection. Next, we have pleasure. Yes. What do we each need to feel good? Yes. Get into the good stuff. Yeah, yes. exactly. I want to get to meat. To have an enjoyable experience. So we do talk a lot about male female partnerships in this chapter because we wanted to talk about the orgasm gap, which is research showing that women have far fewer orgasms Mm -hmm. than men do in male-female relationships. And so this is all about understanding how do we have sex that puts female pleasure just as high as it puts male pleasure and make sure that both partners are being satisfied. Because a really interesting thing that most people don't consider in relationships is that there's this huge connection between your enjoyment of sex and your desire for sex. It's so easy for us to label ourselves as low sex drive or I have no Mm -hmm. sex drive. And our first question is, okay, so tell us about the sex that you are having. How is it? And most people will say, oh, well, it's not very good. I don't I don't come very often. Uh-huh. It's like, if you're not enjoying it, if you're not having orgasms, why would you be desiring right. this thing yeah. that is, you know, at best mediocre and at worst, it's painful, mm-hmm. not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You're feeling resentful yeah. about doing it. And it's like, that's such an important connection. So if we can focus on trying to improve both the quality of the initiation and then the pleasure during the sex itself, those two things are going to naturally increase your desire for right. something because it's a better something that you're having. So right. if someone's saying, listening to you right now and saying, I have a low sex drive, you're right. My sex with my husband isn't that great. Mm-hmm. You know, be, beyond this, the communication tools, what are some physical tools that you can bring into the bedroom to make your sex life more pleasurable? Cock ring. Yeah. <laughs> Clitoral stimulation. Yeah. It's all about the clitoris. I and love it. Yeah. Well, we you hear that, guys? You have to go yes. down on us. Yep. <laughs> all about the clitoris. A really, if I can science geek out on you for yes. a little second, like a really interesting thing that most people don't realize is that as fetuses in the womb, we're born, like we have the same genitals and it doesn't, it's not until about eight to 11 weeks till you start differentiating. So we have the same tissues. They just get made into different shapes. Like you could take a ball of clay. I could make it into a plate mm-hmm. or I could make it into a bowl. It was the same ball of clay. It just turned into different shapes. So the equivalent of a penis on a woman's body is the clitoris. Like that is the most sensitive part of our body. And the clitoris is even the only part of the entire human anatomy that only exists for pleasure. Mm -hmm. There's no other purpose. The penis obviously has like a reproductive purpose, which is really cool. But if you think about the way that we see sex on TV and in the movies, you're always seeing intercourse, yes. right? That's like the main thing. And mm-hmm. we even use those words interchangeably. Like if you have sex with somebody, you're usually talking about intercourse and a yeah. male-female pairing. And the unfortunate reality with intercourse is the way you see it happen and the way most people of us have it, most of us have it, is there's very little clitoral stimulation. Yeah, that's like, what I don't get about like doggy style. Like when you see people always like getting it from behind, it's like, okay, but where's the, what's happening with the clit? 
Yeah, you're getting no stimulation. Yeah. So the comparison that I always like to make is like from a nerve ending and a pleasure standpoint, intercourse for a woman is the equivalent of playing with a man's balls. Which is oh. nice. Like it can be nice. <laughs> like I could probably get hard from that, but I'm not gonna stay yeah. excited for very. I'm pretty yes. soon I'm gonna be like, okay, Thank I'm gonna you. need a little bit. Yeah. I'm gonna need a little bit more Why of a hand. Nobody here. talking yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, intercourse for women, just putting it in the hole is like playing with a man's balls. That's what it feels like, guys. Okay. Yeah, because it might it might be cool for a minute. You're like, yeah. Oh, awesome. And then it's like, oh, okay, and what's happening next? For sure. Yeah. And we wouldn't like judge a, a man for like. Ugh. Why are you not having ball orgasms? Like, yeah. why do you need something extra? You need yeah. your penis touch? Like, oh, that's so difficult. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. You're so complicated. This, I know we do all this to women. Like, you know, we, people are talking about the clitoris more openly now, but it's still kind of in this like, oh, but it's hard to find. And does well, it even really exist? So, there's yeah. one, like, like, there's one, so like, there's one place. Like, why is it so hard to find? So, okay, so you're saying basically, and what's a way that we can have clitoris? Clitoris, clitori, I don't know, stimulation. <laughs> Clitoral, yeah. Clitoral stimulation. So it can be emphasizing, like, using your hands, your mouth, a toy, as much as you emphasize intercourse. But you can also just incorporate a little clitoral stimulation during intercourse. With your so, hand, with your partner's hand, mm -hmm. with a toy. In However. certain positions where you're kind of more grinding up against your partner's body. But it's just like going into intercourse, thinking of the clitoris as the penis. Like, mm. would oh. I imagine that this would be pleasurable if there's zero contact with it right now? Zero and, stimulation. And I would go as far as to say that it's actually kind of infuriating. Like, guys, think about like if a woman was actually just playing with your balls and like mm -hmm. you're hard and you want to get off or like you want it. Yes. Like, and then they keep missing it. It's <laughs> yeah. like, that, I think, it just isn't it like the most infuriating thing. I mean, you've been with your, and with my ex too, it's like you, when you have sex with somebody for a while, I feel like you get to know each other's mm -hmm. body and your sex is pretty good. Or I think ours was very good and like yours is too, obviously. You tell us all the time. But <laughs> like, there's nothing more fury infuriating than like, if you're having sex with a new partner and like you don't want mm -hmm. to tell, like you don't want to give them too much instruction because you feel like how can you tell them? Yeah, how do you get how do you give instruction to a new partner without being like <laughs> you suck? Yeah, and have you ever done this before? <laughs> we talk about pleasurable, positively pleasurable feedback in the book, and the whole idea behind this is to give your partner praise for the things that they are doing well and that you like, rather than complaining about the stuff that they're not doing well. Because obviously, if you tell your partner like you suck at that, like that's yeah. gonna hurt his feelings. He's going to feel bad about himself, but focusing on like the things that you are enjoying and asking for more of that. And so it can be literally something as simple as like, that feels really good. Like keep doing that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so something like that can work really well. But even if it's something that feels a little bit more complicated. So for example, one of the complaints that we hear most often from women is I feel like my partner like rushes ahead to the intercourse too quickly. And I don't like, what do I say? Like, slow down, like stop doing that. So instead, what you can tell your partner is something like, you know what turns me on so much when you go so slow and you're just touching and kissing me everywhere and I'm like gets to the point where I'm like begging you to mm. for us to have intercourse. You know, saying it like that sounds really sexy. Yeah, turning me yeah. on right now. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're yeah. absolutely not saying like, you go too fast. I uh -huh. don't like it. Yeah. Like, you know, you're building, you're, yeah, you're creating this whole thing where he's like, oh, this is how you feel when I mm -hmm. do this. When you get really excited, it's fun for me too. You know, it, so it, it turns into this positive, like yeah. reinforcing. And you're, you're, you're like telling your partner, it's like, it's making them feel like they've already won. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, I've got the secret key. Like I know what to do. Let me just do more of that. So it's much more motivating. Like humans respond so much better to positive motivation totally. than yes. they do to like negative. And I think totally. a, a question that everyone always asks, especially with, with married couples or long-term relationships is how to keep it spicy. So what are some tools like That's you've been conversation having? Conversation five. That, okay, here we go. Perfect. <laughs> Set me up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, conversation five is exploration. What do we want to try next? So that's another like very generic piece of advice that we hear all the time, like keep it spicy. But it actually is very good advice. Like research has shown that when we do new things with our partner inside and outside of the bedroom, it lights up our brains. Like we love it. It feels novel and exciting. We see them in new ways. And it's that feeling of like, seeing your partner with like fresh eyes. I think we mm -hmm. all in long-term relationships, it's like, okay, we've been together 16 years. Like yeah, I know all you about again. you. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're able to like have a new experience with your partner, it's just so exciting. And it feels like those early days of getting to know each other again. But 
I think, well, I think the problem though, is that often people hear that advice in isolation. Oh, you got to keep it spicy. You got to try new things. And you immediately jump to more of extremes like, okay, you know, our sex looks like we do these three things, you know, we don't do very much more. And then it's like, oh, if I need to try something new, like we need to have a threesome or like, yeah. you know, we need to like be tying each other up and like someone's hanging from the rafters yeah. or, <laughs> or, swing. or whatever. And yeah. it's like, no, there's actually, you know, like you're doing this, you know, on the left and you're describing this thing on the right. And there's this whole area in the middle. You can work <laughs> your way into things. It doesn't have to really be anything new as much as just something a little bit different, perhaps a small variation. Yeah or a modification of something that you're currently doing. So that's another practical tip. Like if you're feeling a little bit nervous, like, oh, I'm not creative. I don't know what to try. I feel awkward trying anything new. Think about what were some of the things that you used to do at the beginning of your relationship that you haven't done in a while? Because mm -hmm. most of us in long-term relationships, like the longer we're together, the more narrow our definition of sex becomes to the point where it's like a lot of people can script out exactly what mm -hmm. it's going to yes. look like. It's like 30 <laughs> yes. seconds of this, two yeah. minutes of that, you know. And so just go back to like, oh, yeah, you know, we used to spend time giving each other massages or we used to kiss like all over each other's body. We haven't done that in forever. Like, just bring back something like that. And that gives you a little bit of motivation and excitement and confidence to, like, keep exploring other things. But I think that's encouraging for listeners because, like you said, you feel like, oh, I got to go straight to anal and threesomes. Uh -huh. It's like, and that's scary. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what else can you do? Like you said, like, going back to the beginning, are there any other tools or toys that are good ways to like ease into it without going straight to the extremes? We have another exercise in the book where we've made this huge list of possible things that you can do in the bedroom nice. together and you and your partner can each go through it separately and you mark each one like yes, no, maybe. So then afterwards you can take a look at your list and see like where do you guys align? What are things that you both want to try? And I think the maybes are the most interesting part too. So when you're going through that list trying to to get a sense of like, yeah, you know, I'm not sure, but like maybe if he was super into it or maybe if the environment was just right or maybe if we did this part of it, but not that part of it. So it's just this great way for you to start getting more of an understanding of like, what do you like? What yeah. are you curious about? But I also love that word curious, yes. too. Yeah. Like, you're not making a commitment of like, okay, we're going to try using a cock ring. And now I'm like committing that we're going to use a cock ring every single time we have yep. sex for and the rest gonna of the street. it's going to be great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I promise it's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, I feel curious about it. Sure, let's give it a try. Let's see how it goes. I feel like there needs to be an app for that. And I, if there isn't one, I need to invent it. <laughs> yeah. you, like, swipe. you swipe and then you can match on like something you both want to do. And then oh, when you're fun. in the bedroom, you can like kind of plan mm -hmm. out what you want. You got to trademark that. Well, okay. So is there anything, I know we're talking about things that you can do proactively. Is there anything that you can like withhold doing, like maybe don't masturbate or don't watch porn or have you, is there any studies that suggest kind of, you know, things that you shouldn't do? Not anything specific like that. I mean, definitely there are lots of communication don'ts. We have a whole section of the book where we talk about some of those. Like a great one is don't use the words always or never. Mm -hmm. That is like a surefire path into having a disagreement about your oh. sex life, about your relationship in general. So that's a good one, something to avoid. <laughs> and, okay. And then what from your community have you guys found is the most popular toy? And are toys to be shamed? Do you feel like, do people feel like they've given up or is there shame in using a vibrator on your clip while, you know, your man is, I don't know, there's intercourse. I don't know. Is there shame yeah. around toys? There still is a little bit. I mean, it varies from person to person, yeah. of course. Um, we think toys are great. They can be a wonderful addition to the mm -hmm. bedroom. It's something new to experiment and try. Yeah, a supplement. Yeah, a supplement. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that can be a little bit frustrating about toys is they're so individual. Yeah. So something that one person loves might like just not feel good on another person's body. And they can also be ex like the good ones are expensive. Yeah. So it's like a little tricky to mm -hmm. do the trial and error. But there's really no way to figure it out other than like trying the toy on, on your own body. But I think like a, a vibrator can be a great starting point where you can use it on your own. You can use it on your partner, like on different parts of their body. That's a little hack that a lot of people don't think to use with a vibrator and using it together to like get you that clitoral stimulation yeah. if you guys are having intercourse. And is there, what are your thoughts on porn? Because some couples watch together. Some mm -hmm. men will masturbate on their own. Is, is, is a man masturbating using porn is that a bad sign He's desensitizing him 
Porn is such a complex topic. Yeah. We could do like a whole episode just on it's that. Hard. Like, I think that porn in and of itself is not a bad thing. Like undeniably, watching other people have sex in a beautiful, well-lit way. Like, yeah. Of course, that's arousing and attractive yeah. and exciting. But I think there are a lot of problems with the porn industry, the way that porn gets made, and mm -hmm. also with the ways that people are consuming porn. So there definitely are people who have really problematic relationships with mm -hmm. it that are, you know, watching it all the time or looking at porn as like an example of what sex looks like in real life. Like porn is meant to be entertainment. Yes. It is not sex education. It is not a depiction of what sex actually looks like for the vast majority of people. So there definitely are issues with it. If people want to check it out, I recommend looking for ethical porn. There are some producers that are trying to like make it in a more ethical way and show more realistic, more diverse sex. So that can be a great option. But yeah, it, it absolutely is tricky. You can develop very well, problematic. Yeah, there is something it. out there. There's like MILF and midget fisting. Like there's some weird shit out there. Oh, there, for, <laughs> any, for anything, anything that you yep. can think it of, is there's strange. Porn. I just heard about anime porn apparently. Like, yeah, people cartoon. are into all sorts oh, yeah. of lots of weird stuff. But should you be worried if your husband is watching porn like behind your back? I mean, obviously he's not masturbating in front of you. But if he's masturbating and he's using mm -hmm. porn on his phone, should you be? Is that like kind of a red flag? I think that's something that every couple needs to talk about because everybody's going to have different comfort levels. Like if you are comfortable with you and your partner watching porn separately together, that's totally fine. I do think it becomes an issue if there's lying involved. Mm -hmm. If your partner's concealing their usage, like that's definitely something that you need to talk about, maybe even go to couples therapy about. And if it feels like your partner is choosing porn over you, yeah. like they're avoiding you, avoiding the relationship, even if you initiate sex with them, they say no, but then you catch them watching porn later. Later, like mm -hmm. that's obviously going to yeah. be a big issue. And I just have a question about like men and women in general. Is there more of a desire? Like, do men really think about sex twenty four seven, and women just don't think about it as much? Do they want it more than women? Or what's the deal with that? There are studies showing that men do think about sex like very often. But I always come back to like the socialization aspect of it. Like, is it that? there's just something unique about men's brains that you're thinking about sex all the time? Or is it that men are given a lot more permission and we think mm -hmm. of men as being more sexual, mm -hmm. whereas for us women, we get all these messages about like, you're not supposed to be too sexual. You don't mm. want to be a slut or, you know, anything like that or a bad girl. So we tend to like cloak our desire more than men do. Men mm. feel more permission. We did do a really fascinating study of our Instagram community, though. We asked couples in male-female relationships, like, who's the partner that has the higher sex drive? Because you usually think of it as the man, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But in our community, 45% of people said it was the woman who had the higher sex drive than the man. So almost half of all relationships. It's interesting, though, because you guys are sex experts. And so, like, is it the it's more womanly to, like, be seeking advice on something that mm -hmm. you're concerned about in the relationship? Yeah. So it makes sense to me. I don't know if your population is, like, representative of the whole. Yeah. You know, but, but, I, also, but I also think it goes back to your point about what society has uh, deemed acceptable, because mm -hmm. maybe men do research and they do Google how to do this and that mm -hmm. and give my wife. But they just don't talk about it because it isn't. Acceptable, yeah, you yeah. Know? Our Instagram community definitely skews very heavily women, but our email list is much more balanced. So, yeah, it's not a like scientific study, but yeah. I, I just thought it was super interesting. Like, wow, in almost half of these relationships, yeah. and we never talk about that, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're in a in a relationship like that, and you're the woman, like, you likely feel like something's wrong with me. Isn't he supposed to be like wanting me all the time? I'm supposed to be fighting him off of me. Well, you know, that's but... when you go back to step one yes. and you, you, you talk about it, you normalize it. Yeah. Okay. So we've gone through all of the five steps. Have we gone through all five? Yes, we okay. did. We did, we did it. And so hopefully these, these steps, you guys, I mean, I've learned so much. I love, and I agree with all of these. I think these can open so many doors to, to your marriage, your relationship, or just a stranger you met on Bumble, whatever it may be. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also just to feel more secure in your own body like women mm. so many women are, are self-conscious about their vulva like even spray tanning I have friends I'm like you don't take off you don't go completely naked when you go spray tanning they're like I don't want the spray artist to see my vagina it looks weird it's like yeah. no your vagina doesn't look weird or your vulva doesn't look weird mm -hmm. um, it's a strange position like bend the knees so anyway I just love what you guys are doing with so normalizing what, if you could leave our listeners in our community with, with one piece of advice or one pump up like what would you say to them besides go buy their book <laughs> 
I, I really would start with thinking about your favorite sexual memories because I think that's such a great place to start exploring your own relationship with sex. So many of us have never taken the time to explore that and to really figure out like, yeah, what is it that I'm looking for? Or what is it that I like? So try to think of as many different details, like what made the sex so amazing? What is it that I that I want to work towards? And I would say I know that talking about this stuff feels really awkward. And I think it's so easy for us to feel that initial bit of awkwardness and be like, oh, I, I should do the opposite or I need to get away from that. But I would just say lean into that awkwardness because the talking mm -hmm. about it, the, the awkwardness is what creates vulnerability. When we push through the awkwardness and it's like it creates those magical moments, right? And it's if you talk about it in the way that we suggest and slowly easing your way in, it actually is going to stop feeling awkward and start feeling super fun and exciting and connecting. You're going to be having more, better sex. You're going to have a better relationship. You're going to be happier overall. So I think it's, it's just I'm excited for people to start to find out how fun talking about sex actually can be. It's not something that's going to make you want to have less sex. It's going to make sex <laughs> something that you are excited about and really want to have more of that. all of that. Exciting. Where, where can we now tell our community where you we can find you guys to have you heard that better sex, better marriage, better relationship. <laughs> I mean, why would you not want to listen to their podcast and buy their book? So tell us, tell everyone where we can find you. So you can find us on Instagram. We're at Vanessa and Xander. We do stories together every day. We have a ton of, of information and content about all of our courses there too. Like we're actually just releasing something about initiation. We have guides about foreplay, intercourse. Talking like all, dirty. Yes, yep. talking dirty oh, and stuff, all the things. So you can find all of that there or at vmtherapy.com. And then you can get the book over at sextalksbook.com. And we have all the links to where you can order it. But if you come back to that page after you order, enter your information, we'll send a free workbook to go along with the book, which is super awesome. You'll get even more out of it. And then finally, yeah, we are our podcast is called Pillow Talks. And uh, yeah, we would love to, to have you listen. It's so love good, that. guys. You have to. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. We had so much fun with yeah, you guys today. Thanks for having thank us. You. Yay. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.